All right, in the book of Ruth, and of course you know how the, uh, the book of Ruth is, is uh, how that God, uh, in spite of the, the uh, natural events and the, uh, of uh, what took place in chapter number 1, and the carnal efforts of uh, some folks from Bethlehem, Judah, uh, and the fact that Ruth was a part of a natural enemy, God still did a spiritual work. Amen. And he went down into a forbidden country by the name of Moab and brought a young sinner girl out. Yes. And I'm glad again that God's still bringing sinners out. Amen. And uh, so she picks up and goes with her mother-in-law, Naomi. And that's where we pick up in chapter 2 and verse number 1. The Bible said, And Naomi had a kinsman of her husband's, a mighty man of wealth of the family of Elimelech, and his name was Boaz. And Ruth the Moabitess said unto Naomi, Let me now go to the field and glean ears of corn after him in whose sight I shall find grace. And she said unto her, Go, my daughter. And she went and came and gleaned in the field after the reapers. And her hap was to light on the part of the field belonging unto Boaz, who was of the kindred of Elimelech. Behold, Boaz came from Bethlehem and said unto the reapers, The Lord be with you. And they answered him, The Lord bless thee. Then said Boaz unto his servant that was set over the reapers, Whose damsel is this? And the servant that was set over the reapers answered and said, It is the Moabitish damsel that came back with Naomi out of the country of Moab. And she said, I pray you, let me glean and gather after the reapers among the sheaves. So she came and hath continued even from the morning until now that she tarried a little in the house. Then said Boaz unto Ruth, Hearest thou not, my daughter? Go not to glean in another field, neither go from hence, but abide here, fast by my maidens. Let thine eyes be on the field that they do reap, and go thou after them. Have I not charged the young men that they shall not touch thee? When thou art athirst, go to the vessels and drink of that which the young men have drawn. And she fell on her face and bowed herself to the ground and said unto him, why have I found grace in thine eyes that thou shouldest take knowledge of me, seeing I am a stranger? And Boaz answered and said unto her, It hath been fully shown me all that thou hast done unto thy mother-in-law since the death of thine husband, and how thou hast left thy father and thy mother, the land of thy nativity, and art come unto a people which thou knewest not heretofore. The Lord recompense thy work, and a full reward be given to thee of the Lord God of Israel, under whose wings thou art come to trust. And she said, Let me find favor in thy sight, my Lord, for that thou hast comforted me, and for that thou hast spoken friendly unto thine handmaid, though I be not like unto one of thine handmaidens. And Boaz said unto her, At mealtime come thou hither, and eat of the bread, and dip thy morsel in the vinegar. Yes. And she sat beside the reapers, and he reached her parched corn, and she did eat, and was sufficed, and left. 
And when she was risen to glean, Boaz commanded his young men, saying, Let her glean even among the sheaves, and reproach her not. And let fall also some of the handfuls of purpose for her. Leave them that she may glean them, and rebuke her not. So she gleaned in the field unto even, and beat out that she had gleaned. It was about an ephah of barley. She took it up and went into the city, and her mother-in-law saw that she had gleaned, and she brought forth and gave to her that she had reserved after she was sufficed. And her mother-in-law said unto her, Where hast thou gleaned today? Where wroughtest thou? Blessed be he that did take knowledge of thee. She showed her mother-in-law with whom she had wrought, and said, The man's name with whom I wrought today is Boaz. Naomi said unto her daughter-in-law, Blessed be he of the Lord, who hath not left off his kindness to the living and to the dead. Naomi said unto her, The man is near kin unto us, one of our next kinsmen. Ruth the Moabitess said, He said unto me also, Thou shalt keep fast by my young men until they have ended all my harvest. And Naomi said unto Ruth her daughter-in-law, It is good, my daughter, that thou go out with his maidens, that they meet thee not in any other field. So she kept fast by the maidens of Boaz to glean unto the end of barley harvest and of wheat harvest, and dwelt with her mother-in-law. I want to preach to you tonight for a few moments on this subject, the field of grace. I call it a field of grace because I believe that's what Ruth was looking for in verse number two. She said, let me now go to the field and glean ears of corn after him in whose sight I shall find grace. In verse number 10, she found grace. She said in the bottom half of the verse, why have I found grace in thine eyes? God called Ruth out of Moab. And I'm glad when God calls us out of this world, He's always got us something to take us into. He intends on providing for His own. And so when He calls Ruth out of Moab, she has nothing except a bankrupt mother-in-law. And when they go into Israel, they're going to have to have something to sustain them. And so God calls her into a field. And may I suggest unto you tonight that I believe that every need that Ruth would ever have would be met right in this field called the field of grace. And every need that you and I as God's children would ever have is met in the grace of God. I remember... uh, reading the story of J. Harold Smith in his autobiography, and he talked about being on the front porch of his mother's house, and his sister was witnessing to him. He told her he didn't want to hear any of it. And then all of a sudden, the Holy Ghost smote his heart, and he said, I fell down on the front porch. And he said, I cried out to God to save me. I was heavily under conviction. He said, not only did the Lord save me while I was down there, but he called me to preach. And he said, I got up off that porch and I turned and I said to my mama, Mama, the Lord had just saved me and he's called me to preach. Now he was lacking just about three months of finishing uh, medical school and becoming a medical doctor. 
And his mother said to him, said, well, son, you need to go out back and tell your daddy. You have to understand that his daddy had worked long and hard to send him through school so he could be a medical doctor. And when he went out back, he said to his daddy, he said, Daddy, the Lord just saved me on the front porch. I'm not going to be a medical doctor. I'm quitting that right now. And I'm going to preach for the Lord. He said his daddy looked at him real sternly and said, J. Harold, I hope you starve to death. Well, this was back just right after the Depression. He said many nights he and his wife would travel an old beat up car to preach the gospel and they'd leave without any money or anything to eat. And he said he couldn't tell how many times that driving home that a rabbit would dart out in front of that car and every time the Lord would let him run over the head of that rabbit. They always had a skinning knife with them. They'd get out by the headlights of that car. They'd skin that rabbit. And he said we'd go home and we'd have rabbit stew. God was taking care of his need. Now I want you to notice with me in this field of grace that's in Ruth chapter number 2, there are three things found there that you can find in any field that you come to. But especially I want you to see it in the field called grace, the place where God takes all of his youngins so he can take care of them. I want you to notice with me, first of all, that in this field, as well as any field that you will come to, you will always find a seed in this field. Look in verse 23. So she kept fast by the maidens of Boaz to glean unto the end of barley harvest and wheat harvest. If you'll notice in verse number 2, she talks about ears of corn. So when she goes into this field, she finds three things. She finds barley, she finds wheat, and she finds corn. But you see, you've got to understand, she's just left Moab, and she's got a hungry belly. And she's going to starve if some kind of provision is not made. And when God pulls her out of Moab and puts her in a field, he puts her in a field that has exactly what she needs. God knows what our needs are and he supplies exactly what we need. She needs some seed to keep her going. She needs some kind of grub and some kind of food and God happens to have it for her in that field. Now a couple of things I notice about the seed that is in this field. I notice the position of seed. It's implied in this field or any other field, there is seed, no doubt, beneath her. That's the seed that is coming up out of the ground. You've got to plant seed if you're going to grow seed. She's got seed in front of her. That's the harvesters. They're out there harvesting the seed. She's got seed beside of her. That's the rose that she is uh, picking through. She's no doubt even got seed on her. If she worked in the field any length of time, she'd get seed in her hair and seed in her pockets and seed all over. She got seed everywhere. Can I say to you tonight that having seed in front of you and seed beneath you and seed beside of you and even seed on you is not going to do you a bit of good until you get seed in you. Notice in verse number 14. The Bible said, and she did eat and was sufficed. 
Now all the seed in the world wasn't going to satisfy her unless some of it got on the inside. The problem we're having in our Baptist churches in this hour, there's all kind of seed. You can get seed by way of tapes. You can get seed by way of radio. You can get seed by, I mean, the preaching of the Word of God. Here tonight, you can get seed found in scriptural songs. You can turn your television on. There's some good preaching sometimes there. You can find seed. But seed's not doing this world any good and it's not doing this church any good or it's not doing individuals any good. But thank God 32 years ago, seed got on the inside of me and it became a living, vibrant seed. Took over on the inside. And so I see the position of this seed as it got inside of her. But I also notice the power of this seed. The Bible said on two different accounts, verse 14 and verse 18, that she ate and there was a wonderful transformation took place. That seed got on the inside of her and the hunger stopped and abated and she became satisfied and relaxed. This is the process of metabolism in the body. It's a wonderful, wonderful process that God has given. How that you and I take seed in us. But though we can't see it visibly at the moment, that seed will transform us and will add to us and we will begin to change in stature as a result of that seed. Everything about me tonight, physically, I owe to seed. Yes. Beans, potatoes, uh, cornbread, whatever you want to call it, yeah. I owe it to seed. Yeah. Isn't it amazing how you can take a little baby, weighs about six uh, or eight or nine pounds, you can bring that little baby home, and before long, mama will begin to put seed into that baby. She'll add some, you know, the old time mamas used to chew it up themselves and then put it in the mouth of the baby. We're too dignified for that. But we're still putting seed in there. And they'll add that seed to that little old baby. And uh, I'll tell you, just keep putting seed in him. Keep putting seed in him. And keep putting seed in him. Before long, you'll raise a big old boy about the size of this preacher. Everything he is, he owes to the transforming power of seed. He got it on the inside. Aren't you glad tonight for the seed of the Word of God that's found in the field of grace that will transform your life? Thank God for seed. There is seed that is found in this field called the field of grace and it was the exact thing that she needed now the second thing I want you to notice that is found in this field that's found in any field that you come to not only is there seed in this field but there is a season in this field notice with me there is a season in this field verse 23 again the Bible said, so she kept fast by the maidens of Boaz to glean unto the end of barley what? Barley harvest. 
And you see, God wants to take care of this little girl. And he brings her out of Moab, but he brings her out and puts her into a field. And this field's got seed in it, but it's also got a season in it. Thank God she didn't come out and go into the field in wintertime. If she'd have went in in wintertime, she'd have starved to death. You can't get no seed in wintertime. I'm also glad she didn't go into that field in springtime. You can't get no seed at springtime either because that's planting time. But isn't it amazing how God has the right time and God has the ripe time for all of his children and whatever their need is. It is the right time and it is the right time for her to go into that field. God has the harvest time ready so she goes in not in winter time not in spring time but thank God at harvest time and it's always harvest time and it's always the right time and the right time for God's children when they enter in to his field so she enters into that field now the reason why she goes into that field is because she's hungry She's got an appetite. On the inside, there is a moving, creating a desire for something to eat. And so therefore, she pursues what God provides. She appropriates what God has grown for her. Now, the reason why a lot of folks don't go in the field and they don't care for the field is they don't have an appetite. If a man don't have an appetite, you can't feed him. But if he's got an appetite, God, I'm here to say to you tonight, if you've got an appetite, God's got what you need. He's always right on time. What he does is always ripe for every sinner that's got an appetite. There is a field called the field of grace that you can go into. It's ripe and and it is right and and God has it orchestrated there for those who want it. Yes. Somebody said, who can find grace? I'll tell you who can find grace. Everybody's looking for it. But you're not looking for it, you ain't going to find it. Huh? And honey, she said, I'm going to go see if I can find some grace in a field. She wasn't looking for it. Boy, did she find grace. Boy, she run right into it. Found grace. Thank God. There it is, a season in that field. Heaven's going to be full of those who have an appetite. A season. There is a seed in that field. I said all that to bring you to this. There is in this field also, as you will find in any field that you come to, there is a spirit in this field. A spirit in this field. Now, if you don't understand what I'm talking about, you talk to the hunter who goes deer hunting. And uh, he comes up to a fence and there's a tree and on that tree there is a sign that is nailed there that says no hunting allowed. If he crosses over that fence, he will feel that spirit. Yes, 
that is in that field. The spirit in that field is different than the spirit that is in this field. The spirit in this field says, hunt all you want to. The spirit in that field says, you better get out. All we preachers know about that when you go out on visitation and you get up to the gate and it says, beware of dog. When you open that gate and step inside, you feel the spirit. There is a spirit. We've all been in homes and sensed the spirit in there. I've been in homes as a preacher that I felt like that they just wanted me to stay forever and stay all night. There was a welcoming spirit. I've been in others where I felt like that I shouldn't even come to start with. There was just a spirit about that place that said, you're not welcome. Well, I notice when Ruth enters into the field of grace, she begins to sense a spirit there. Oh, what a spirit she senses in the, in the field of grace. Let me, let me point out two or three things about the spirit she finds in this field that you'll find in any field that you go into. There'll be a spirit there. If you don't believe it, you just drive down the road to anybody's field of corn and get in there and pick you some corn, honey, and you'll feel the spirit after a while. It might be buckshot, but you'll feel it. There is a spirit in this field. Let me mention two or three things about this spirit. The first thing that I notice about this spirit that is in this field is that this spirit is a legal spirit. A lot of folks don't understand that. And you say, preacher, what are you, what are you talking about? You're preaching on grace and you call this a field of grace and you mean to tell me that the field of grace has a legal spirit? It sure does. Amen. Sure does. Amen. How did Ruth... What gave Ruth the right to go into that field? (laughs) Huh? Where did she get the permission just to walk into a man's field? I'll tell you where she got the permission. The law said she could do so. Leviticus 23 verse 22, God said to Moses, write this down. When you reap the harvest of your land... Thou shalt not make clean riddance of the corners of thy field when thou reapest. Neither shalt thou gather any cleaning of thy harvest, but thou shalt leave them unto the poor and the stranger. Hallelujah. I'm the Lord. He said, Moses, the day's going to come when a little old girl, by the name of Ruth, I'm going to pull her out of mine. And I want her to be able to go into a field. I want to supply her needs. I want you to write the law down. And in that law, I want you to say, she's got a legal right. Here to tell you tonight, thank God for the law. It was the law that said that there had to be a sacrifice for sin. But it was grace that gave us Calvary. It was the law that said to her, you are a Moabite sinner girl and you're hungry. But it was grace that said, come on over in here. Thank God I want you to know this law was never done away with, but it was fulfilled in Christ. And it is the law that reveals unto us and teaches us that we are sinners and brings us to the door of grace and grace is always welcoming us on the inside. 
glad for the day that the law told me I was lost and going to hell and pointed me to Jesus. There's a legal spirit there. <laughs> they talk about the Ten Commandments, hanging them up on the wall. I think that's good. But I think the law, I think the commandment she hung up on her wall was Leviticus 23, 22. She said it all began because God said I could. Hallelujah. It's a legal right to go into that field. And she enters in a legal spirit. But not only do I notice a legal spirit in this field, but I notice once she gets on the inside, there's a lenient spirit. <laughs> now you got to understand, the law told her she could go in, but said when you get in there, you got to stay in the corners. You reap the corners, and you stay behind the reapers. You can glean. That's what the law said. So I'm sure when Ruth went in, her hope was is somehow if she could just get enough to bake a couple of biscuits for her and her mom-in-law, she'd be happy. Yes. Yeah. Oh, if she could glean, that's all she's going to be able to do. Reach down in there after everybody else has picked the night and see her and say, well, praise the Lord, there's one. Praise the Lord, there's another one. I may have enough for a biscuit after a while. And she slides her down into her pockets and goes a-looking for some more. That's all she's expecting because that's all the law said she could have. And while she's out there in the corner making sure that she don't get out of the corner, making sure that she's not doing anything wrong, everybody's, you wants want to make sure that nobody's going to have to get on to her. Now all of a sudden she's bending way down to get one yeah. and she raises up and the man that owns the field is standing right behind her. Yeah. Yeah. I can see her, she kind of draws up. Uh -huh. yeah. Here's what she's expecting him to say. Yeah. Now I know you've got a legal right to be here, but I'll tell you something, you better stay in the corners and stay behind the reapers. I'll tell you something else, there's plenty of other fields. I have to let you come in here, but you could go to another field. He could have said that and been right about it. Right, right. And probably she was a feeling that. She's a Moabite, you got to understand. They don't look like Moabites in Israel. So she's squeezing as far over into the corner as she can yeah. to get just a little bit. Yeah. And the boss shows up. Yeah. <laughs> He's thinking, oh, Lord, I'm going to get thrown out of here. I know. And when he shows up, look what he says in verse number 8. Then said Boaz unto Ruth, Hearest thou not, my daughter? Go not to glean in another field. <laughs> Neither go from hence, but abide here fast by my maid. Can you sense her to begin to loosen up just a little bit? Huh? Look in verse number 9. Let thine eyes be on the field that they do reap. Go thou after them. Have I not charged the young men that they shall not touch thee? 
when you're thirsty. By the way, when you're thirsty, go into the vessels and drink of that which the young men have drawn. You can't pick and carry water at the same time. We got plenty of water. Which, if you get thirsty, you can have some of our water. <laughs> She's a thinking man. I didn't expect no water. All I expected just a little bit of grain. I was hoping I'd get a biscuit by dark. He said, well, honey, you listen to me now. Don't need you being tense around here. Relax. I notice you're a little tense. Relax. <laughs> you're probably thirsty now. You come on and get you some water when you want it. You feel that spirit of liberty moving in there? Isn't it amazing how God can have a church together of saved folks and then go out and save an old alcoholic or an old drug addict and put him in there and there won't be no time to the rest of them. That's called the spirit of liberty. I haven't been saved no time till I was singing and shouting and praising God with everybody else. The Holy Ghost said, have at it, boy. It's a big old field. Have a time. Plenty of room in here. Look in verse 14. He's not done. He's got there's a lenient spirit in this field. I've sensed that spirit many times. Since I've been saved in many homes. I tell you, before I got saved, I, I mentioned uh, maybe Sunday morning how I was raised a little bit. But there were homes as a child that I went into that I knew I wasn't welcome. But I'm going to tell you, since I've been saved and been called to preach in these last 32 years, I couldn't count the homes that have welcomed me in and have begged me to come back. And have given me biscuits and jelly and butter and all the rest. <laughs> Say, preacher, whatever's on the menu, you order. Yes, sir. There was a day, honey, I was lucky to get a bean for the whole day. I'm telling you the truth. Amen, preacher. But I'm in a different field now. Called the field of grace. And he said to her, it ain't over, darling. She's just thinking about a biscuit now, one biscuit. Boaz said to her, meal time. He goes back down there. He shows back up. Come on up here, girl. Eat of the bread and dip the morsel in the vinegar. She sat beside the reapers and he reached her parched corn and she did eat and was sufficed. He said, I noticed you didn't have to bring no dinner with you. She could have said, well, you know, I just come out of Moab. I don't have no dinner. I'm out here just getting up for a bit. He said, I figured that. Would you feel the, feel the biscuits of bacon over here? We got plenty. Would you come and eat with us? Amen. Can you imagine that liberty? <laughs> See, now she's all the way out of the corner. She's sort of out walking in the field a little bit. Yeah. Walking around in the field. She was hovered up in the corner, but grace brought her out. Yes. Oh, listen. She's feeling that lenient spirit walking around in that field. Lenient. Let me
me say this to you tonight. I believe this is true about the thought of grace. Grace is never satisfied until you get everything. She's a hoping she'll get a little bit here and a little bit there, and he's a thinking. If I can get her name on the dotted line, I'm going to give her the field. He that delivered up his own son, how shall he not freely give us how much? All things! We've got a stingy God, honey. He's interested in turning the whole thing over to you. Bible said we're joint heirs with Jesus. I'm glad, aren't you? <laughs> Woo! She's, she's a thinking a handful and enough for a biscuit. He's thinking the whole field. <laughs> you talking about lenient, honey? And he goes on to tell her when she gets done eating. He said, now listen, I noticed you've been over in the corners hovered up. I've been talking to the young men and since I own the field, you can come out of them corners. And I've already told them they better not say anything to you. And then he called the boys over and he said, listen, you even let her get among those that are reaping. Amen. If she gets ahead of you, that's all right. Amen. Don't you say anything to her. He said, my main intention is, is when she gets out of here, she's going to have so much she can't hardly carry. Amen. Because I wanted to come back. Yeah. <laughs> Ain't that the leniency of the Spirit of God? She's, she's sensing a lenient spirit. Lenient spirit. Just to think that God would take me out of nothing and save me, place His Spirit in me, and the call of God upon me to preach, and then let me go around to folks like you and preach to you. I was preaching down in Atlanta about a year ago. A fellow came to church. I didn't know who he was. didn't even know he was there on Sunday morning. He came to the whole meeting. A year later, I was down there in another meeting. And he came to church. After the service, he came up to me. And I, if we finish up on Wednesday night, he said, What are you doing on Thursday morning? I said, Well, I don't know. I've got to meet another preacher. Why? He said, Well, and he had shared with me this, how that... He hadn't been in church in 10 years. And uh, how he came that morning, God Almighty smote his heart and he hadn't gotten away from it. And he hadn't missed church since. Uh, God had worked in him. And he said, the Lord used you. And he said, now I want to buy you a suit. I said, well, you don't have to buy me a suit just because the Lord used you. He said, no, I've got to have it that way. Ain't that a lenient spirit? Huh? I can remember the day when I didn't even have a pair of shoes hardly, but what didn't have a hole in it. And he said, I want to buy you a suit. He took me to the suit place. He came with two suits. He said, which one you like? I said, well, I think I like. He said, you might as well like both of them. I'm getting them both. I'm talking about a lenient spirit. Ain't that something? How God floods your soul, saved you, send you out, use you, and then turn around and pay you for it. Amen. I call that lenient. Well, that's good. I got into a big field. Lenient spirit. Not only was the spirit in this field a legal spirit and a lenient spirit, 
But can I say to you that there was a loving spirit in this field. And that was the key to all of it. A loving spirit. Look in verse number five. Then said Boaz unto his servant that was set over the reapers, Whose damsel is this? J. Vernon McGee said that in the Hebrew that meant, Where'd she come from? It was love at first sight. Oh, I know she's Moabite. I know she comes out of a generation whose past is ungodly, but it doesn't stop the heartthrob of Boaz. Somehow there's something in his heart that can overlook every bit of that as it looks into her heart. His heart realizes that her heart's wanting something, and he's wanting to give it to her. Oh, I'll tell you, love begins to take over. Notice in verse 14. Boaz said to her at mealtime, Come thou hither, and eat of the bread, and dip thy morsel in the vinegar. Now you know what he's inviting this Moabite girl to do? Sop with him. He's inviting her to sop. Have you ever sopped? And someone would say, well, I wonder, I wonder if old Boaz is not thinking about all them Moabite germs. Well, honey, he's not worried about sopping. I mean, it, won't, it doesn't bother me to sop with my wife. You know why? Amen. I don't mind sopping with her. Amen. I'm going to tell you what, he ain't worried about her germs either. Because if he gets his way, he's going to do more than sop with her. He's going to be kissing her and they're going to be a wedding. Because he's got it in his heart. He's done fell in love with her. And he's a hoping that she'll fall in love with him. And there's a love and spirit taking place. You sense that in that uh, such a loving spirit. And can you see her when she heads home now? All she was hoping for was a handful. Yeah. And here she goes to the house like this. So much so that when she got home, her mom-in-law said, Praise God, where did you go? <laughs> oh, she said, Mama Naomi, they don't have fields like this in Moab. <laughs> I went in there and thought I'd get a handful. And that guy owns the field. He invited me for dinner and gave me water. He let me walk through the whole field. And everywhere I'd go, I'd find a big old handful. Put it down in my pouch. And she said, Mom Naomi, I don't know for sure, but I kind of think he likes me. Because every time I'd straighten up and look, he'd be looking down at me. Amen. Mama Naomi said, honey, that ain't nothing. You keep going back. Because I kind of feel like before this thing's over with, he'll turn that field over you. And you'll get it all. Because it's, it's love that's in his heart. 
Haven't you been amazed at so many times when the Lord Jesus will come to your way, begin to move in your soul and say to you fresh and anew, I love you. Boy, you get to thinking about where you come from and what kind of Moabite sinner you was. and You almost want to draw up in the corner somewhere and you're ashamed to look. And the Lord Jesus will just, through the liberty of the Spirit, breathe on your soul. And he'll say, as the songwriter said, Jesus loves me. This I know. Or the Bible tells me so. Aren't you glad for a field called grace? He's had me in there a mighty long time. Are you in that field? Do you know the radiation of his love? If you don't, you can. If you'll come to Jesus and trust him. Let's stand by our feet.